This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Jazz. Welcome to the artists. As Godard said, you don't make a movie, the movie makes you. In our movie-making profession, the workings of Murphy's Law is always at its best. In these candid conversations, we unravel those challenges that define the makers in the movie-making business. Hope these chats will inspire and elevate you to keep fighting for your dreams, but with a mood of reality check on it. I'm your host, Suchita, and this podcast is brought to you by Metaphysical Lab. Enjoy the show. Filmmaking is a cumulative art form and as a filmmaker, if you have varied interests and curiosity about other art forms, it can enable one to become a better thinker, a better creator and a better problem solver. In our last episode, we had Marcus Miller, the jazz musician, who talks about how mathematics has enabled him to become a better musician. In this episode, we're going to talk about lateral thinking Lateral thinking was a term coined by Edward de Bono, who was a pioneer in brain training. And so today we're in conversation with Prabhakar Mundkur, who is a lateral thinker. He's a thought leader and commentator, and he's LinkedIn's number one top voice. He was also Your Story's 100 Emerging Voices in the year 2018. Prabhagar sir has 42 years of experience uh, in advertising and marketing and in this episode he tells us some uh, really insightful anecdotes uh, related to lateral thinking, also lateral thinking in creative problem solving, lateral thinking while building a brand like Amul, uh, lateral thinking while uh, solving a political problem in a, a place like Delhi. He also takes us through a very insightful anecdote of uh, Edward de Bono's Two Pebbles. Hi, Prabhaka, sir. Welcome to our podcast, The Artist. And uh, thank you for uh, being a part of this podcast and sharing your experiences with us. So I've been reading all your articles on LinkedIn and they are extremely analytical. And I just love the perspective and the feel that you bring to the writing and the thinking process. How would you define uh, thinking and how to think? You know, I've been following lateral thinking for a long time now, ever since uh, Edward de Bono. Yes. wrote his first book, I think sometime in the 60s, on lateral thinking. It, she described as creative thinking to solve a problem. He's not the only guy, because before that, there was Arthur who spoke about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke about creative thinking as well. He didn't really quite call it lateral thinking. But uh, Edward de Bono gave it that name, and that name has stuck. How to think? Would you like to elaborate in terms of, like, if you're, if you're talking about lateral thinking, how to think laterally? You know, it is actually when, when you give up all your logic hmm. and when you give up all the assumptions that you make about the world or about the problem, is uh, when you can free yourself uh, to think uh, without any biases. Uh, sometimes people call it thinking out of the box. If you mean, it's a term that's used quite often. Your bosses will ask you, you know, let's do some out of the box thinking. And what you have to do is imagine yourself in a room, which is, let's say, 
six feet by six feet kind of room. Sitting in there, and you have to jump out of that room into a room which is twelve feet by twelve feet. Mm-hmm. You know, and twelve feet, uh, the walls are twelve feet uh, tall, and uh, you jumped from yourself into the into another box, which is your assumptions, and then from there you have to jump into another box. Here the box is twenty four feet by twenty four feet, and that is where all your logic lies. But the moment you start applying your assumptions and your logic, you're likely to come to conclusion, which is you know which everybody would come to. In fact, Arthur Kessler says it's very close. to humor so when you tell a joke and in the end when you laugh you know you laugh because there's a creative thought in that so he in fact gives an example he says you know there are two farmers uh, one of the farmers is from maine which is a very small country uh, i mean a small state in the united states and then uh, you know there are the big farmers in texas is a big state where farmers have 1000 acres whereas in maine they have small small farms so one day the farmer from uh, maine goes to the farmer in texas mm-hmm. and he says you know i've come to see these huge texan farms you know so he says oh he says okay i'll tell you how big my farm is he tells the guy from maine he says you know you go around the boundary of my farm the whole day in this car of mine and uh, you will not you know you will not reach the the starting point so the small farmer from maine he looks at him and he says you know he says uh, he takes his toothpick and he shifts it between his teeth and he says you know what i had myself a car like that once and so when he says that he's he's trying to imply that you got a very slow like you know it's not able to reach the end of the farm Uh, whereas the Texan is trying to tell him that I've got a very big farm. So at the point where transport and property meet, the farmer from Maine has uh, managed to create an entirely, you know, a new perception. So there are different kinds of thinking. There's lateral, there's vertical, critical thinking. So, at would you like to sort of bifurcate all the forms of thinking and also to give a perspective on what thinking to use when? so i think uh, you know there is a very logical kind of thinking the kind mm. of thinking that perhaps uh, you use when you're doing arithmetic or accountancy or whatever mm. i don't think you need to think laterally there mm. uh, you need to use you know it's very left brain thinking the left brain is the seat of logic so and you know so you use all your logic and everything that you've learned mm. but when you when you have unusual problems and these mm. may not be management problems or problems of any kind mm. and i wanted to give you an example of uh, one of the tales that uh, edward de bono tells us it's called the tale of two pebbles and may i relate it to you sure so many years ago in a small indian village a farmer had the misfortune of owing a large sum of money to a village money lender Mm-hmm. The money lender was old and ugly and fancied uh, the farmer's beautiful daughter. So he proposed a bargain. He said he would forego the farmer's debt if he could marry his daughter. So both the farmer and his daughter were really horrified at this proposal. Mm-hmm. He was a cunning money lender, you know. So he suggested, you know, <coughs> we'll just play a small game of luck. He told him that 
you know, they were standing on the garden path outside the farmer's house. And he said, I'll take one black pebble and I'll take one white pebble and I'll put it into my empty money bag. And then all you have to do is make your daughter pick up one of the pebbles. Mm-hmm. So if she picks up the black pebble, she would become my wife mm-hmm. and, you know, the farmer's debt would be forgiven. If she picked up the white pebble, she did not marry him and her father's debt would be forgiven. So he, he would write it off. Mm-hmm. If she refused to pick a pebble, her father would be thrown into jail because he would complain that this guy has not paid my money back. Mm-hmm. So he gave these three alternatives and uh, naturally the father, uh, father said, no, I mean, we'll pick a pebble, you know, but I didn't want to go into jail right away. So they were standing on this uh, garden path. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, then the money lender, he bent down to pick up two pebbles. But he was cunning and he was a big cheat, you know. So what he did was he picked up two, two black pebbles. That means that, she, you know, she, the girl will become his wife and the father's debt would be forgiven because whichever pebble she picks up, it will be black. Mm. So, you know, um, so, I mean, one has to imagine that you're standing here with this farmer and his daughter mm. and what are the possibilities before the daughter mm. A. She can refuse to take the pebble in which case he might get very angry and actually march her father to jail or second the girl should know that there were two black pebbles in the bag and she should just expose him and say you know you're a cheat you put two black pebbles that also could anger him and he might say okay then I'll just take the father you know I'll put him into jail mm. But there's a third alternative that she should pick up a black pebble and sacrifice herself, you know, because her father is old and, you know, he needs to get rid of his debt and I being your daughter, I should uh, now forget about how ugly the money lender is and I should sacrifice myself and say, you know, let me just pick up a black pebble. Mm-hmm. Now, logical thinking will say that she should do one of these three things. But uh, what she actually does is lateral thinking. Mm-hmm. So what she does is she picks up a pebble and uh, she knows it's a black pebble mm-hmm. and she says, suddenly, you know, she just drops it on the garden path, mistakenly, as if, you know, her hand slipped. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, no, I dropped the pebble. But anyway, let's look into the pe- uh, bag and see which pebble is there. If, the, if there's a black pebble in the bag, it means I picked up the white one. Mm. Now, if you remember the beginning of my story, <laughs> uh, if she picks up a white pebble, she, you know, the father's debt is forgiven and she need not marry him. So, he gives this as an example of uh, lateral thinking. Mm. And he says, you know, so even in common day-to-day uh, situations in our life, we can apply lateral thinking to any problem, any simple life problem, mm-hmm. and we will come with better solutions. Mm-hmm. So, how to practice lateral thinking? Are there any sort of pointers that will keep me sort of aware constantly that what kind of thinking I'm practicing? So, I think, you know, it's all about having an insight. Mm-hmm. It's about seeing what others don't and it's really uh, you know trying to practice there are several techniques I mean I'll give you just an example but 
uh, you know, like if I have to go to office every day, I mean, not during the lockdown, but on a regular day, yeah. uh, I take a certain route. I'm so used to that route that I take that route 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. That's very logical thinking. Sure. But if I were to experiment <laughs> with different routes every day, it would actually be a pleasurable ride. The reason why I feel so tired and the reason why I feel so stuck in that traffic is because it's the same thing. It's the same thing I'm repeating every day. So I'm not thinking differently, you know. There might be many roads that take me in the same amount of time or maybe a little more. But Mm. the thing is, my mind doesn't want to experiment. It just wants to stay with whatever it's always been doing. So there's a tendency to do something in the way that you've traditionally done it. And it just takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of adventurous, uh, you know, uh, feeling to Mm. try out something new. The reason is we don't want to try out anything new. We want to do everything the same way. You know what I mean? Yes. So basically getting out of your banality and your everyday routine and try something which is different to enable your lateral thinking to function more optimally. Yes. I mean, both of these people, of course, have written various books and my grandfather's school in the uh, grandson's school, sorry, in the UK. Hmm. uh, That school says that we actually follow Edward de Bono's way of thinking. Wow. Yeah. So he started a kind of a movement where Teaching even children can Mm. be different because we just learn everything the same way. You know, I learned everything. I learned my algebra the same way my grandfather learned it Mm -hmm. and not any differently. I'll give you a simple example. Uh, uh, You know, uh, we have a water filter Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, my wife turns it one way for the tap to open and I turn it the other way. (laughs) Now, every time I do that, she says, that's not the way. I said, but the result is the same. The water opens up and it falls into my glass. She says, no, it's supposed to be done the other way. Why? Mm. I don't know. But that's because she does it like that, you know, and I want to try it some other way. It's, it's just that this uh, tap flips both ways, you know, uh, as it so happens, you know. Awesome. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and now these, these days I've been doing uh, the floor and, you know, and she says, no. That's not the way to pick up the the dirt uh, from the floor and put it in the pan. I said, who said that? I mean, has anybody written a book on how to sweep a house? I think the way I'm doing it is very efficient. (laughs) So it's it's just, it's it's very natural, you know, to, for the human mind to go the safe and trusted way that we have done for hundreds and thousands and millions of years, you know. Again, coming to Latin thinking, you uh, write on yes. brands and you work for brands. And uh, is there yes. uh, is there any sort of an anecdote you would like to share when it comes to prob- problem solving and creativity that uh, lateral thinking has enabled you to do that? Yeah, I have several, in fact. But I'll mm-hmm. give you one example. About 20 years ago, <clears throat> shampoos were very expensive in India because... Uh, there was, I think, either a 110% excise or 120% excise. And believe it or not, somebody like you, who's young, may not believe it. Mm-hmm. But it was considered a luxury product. I mean, you know, how mm-hmm. stupid can that be? Washing your hair can't be luxury, you know. It's, it's, it's a necessity. And washing it well, therefore. So, because there was such a high tax on shampoo, nobody bought it. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and people kept using soap. 
on their hair, which is uh, anybody will tell you is not very good for that. Yes. Now, and then, you know, we said, okay, let's do sachets because, you know, each sachet costs five rupees or two rupees or Lovely. one rupee, whatever. Yeah. So the price mm. is lower. Mm. So mm. that was one solution. But when I was sitting in an R&D meeting uh, with my client, one of the R&D guys said that 90% of the shampoo is water. And I said, what? Mm. I didn't know that. What do you mean it's water? He said, yeah, 10% is detergent and silicone conditioner and a little bit of perfume. Mm. The remaining 90% is water. So, I said, uh, oh, so what if we just produce the 10% and forget the water? Mm. Then we reduce the amount (laughs) of the shampoo by (laughs) a ninth, you know, and uh, uh, packaging costs will come down, right? And then, you know, uh, we we probably will be able to sell it at one-tenth the price. So, they just looked at me shocked because, I mean, who would think of a shampoo that uh, came out like a paste, if you know what I mean. Mm. Out of a, <laughs> all I had to do was they put that paste on the palm of my hand and add some water and it's like shampoo because, you know, when that paste mixes with water, it becomes shampoo. Yes. So, but, you know, uh, their big boss was very impressed by what I said and mm. he said, no, no, let's try it. I want to see this paste, which is the 10%. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually produced the paste and then we went for another meeting and put that paste on our palm uh, and we added water and it was all frothing like a regular shampoo it had the same perfume and everything so I'm just saying that nobody had thought that shampoo is actually I mean they knew it that it was 90% water but you know yeah Definitely. So, uh, so yeah. tell me, when, when we are strategizing, suppose uh, there's someone strategizing to win an election or there is someone who is writing a script, uh, there is yes. someone who is building a tech company versus there's someone who is building a brand like Amul. Uh, what are yes. the, what is the kind of thinking that's being used to do that in all these four different areas? So, Amul, believe it or not, is mm. very, very innovative thinking. Mm. If, uh, I used to work on Amul and I used to mm-hmm. meet Dr. Kurian. And he told me that he, you know, uh, this is a fact that Indians drink buffalo milk, right? Mm. Uh, there is more buffalo milk in the country than cow's milk. Of course, mm. there's cow's milk. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're largely a buffalo milk country. And mm. uh, he became famous because he created the dairy amul tea with buffalo milk. Mm. And then suddenly what he realized was that in winter, uh, the buffaloes lactate much more. Mm -hmm. So suddenly he had too much excess milk in winter which he couldn't sell. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, now what do I do? Because, you know, I can't waste milk, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's how amul cheese was born. You know, because uh. and all the other Amul products were born because he couldn't handle the excess milk that was produced by the buffalo in winter. A simple mm-hmm. fact: buffalo lactates in winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he knew that perhaps earlier, it would have struck him. But even then, <clears throat> the fact that he realized how he should channelize that excess milk is really creative thinking because otherwise he would have wasted it. Yeah. So, so that yeah. was one. So, um, and versus a person who is building a tech company like a Facebook, or if he's building or writing a script, or even winning an election like BJP. Yeah, I think, I think 
all of them mm. have had some unique insight i mean take facebook for example i mean and mm. imagine life before facebook yeah when i didn't know how to connect with all the people i knew in my past you know mm. suddenly he he probably had an insight that life would get tough where you know uh, we would be able to meet our social circles and he gave us a plot platform i mean thanks to facebook i've caught up with hundreds of friends who i would never have known Mm. uh how to get in touch with them i wouldn't have had their phone numbers old classmates i wouldn't have had their email ids nothing mm. but today i'm talking to them so it it was an insight and an insight is always important for a business uh whatever that business is so even if it is not a business uh you know uh, if you have a unique insight about uh, how humans think and work mm. you can create magic So coming to uh, thought, being a thought leader um, and solving problems, mm-hmm. is there any specific thought leader that you admire and somebody you look up to in terms of his understanding and thinking process? Mm. I used to admire Steve Jobs mm. a lot. Mm. Uh, I feel he revolutionized uh, a lot of things. I mean. not just computers but uh, you know he gave me my first ipod i didn't have a way to you know listen to great music mm-hmm. uh, before mm-hmm. that uh, he gave us the iphone and so on so everything was an innovation you know, he was driven by innovation i think another person whom i put in the same bracket is elon musk yeah he's doing fantastic things you know mm-hmm. he's think he's thinking laterally right mm-hmm. yes <laughs> he's producing mm-hmm. he's producing he's the is the future of the automobile is the future of space is the future of uh, several things and i think uh, this current lockdown yeah. in fact will throw up those things much more than anybody else and i often think that when you know uh, there's something i read in the newspapers about kejriwal uh, giving electricity free up to a certain amount to his uh, citizens in delhi yeah and I, and i always think that if electricity is free Mm. <clears throat> and Delhi is so polluted that people are, you know, getting asthma and you know, uh, they're getting all kinds of lung diseases. Mm. Why isn't all of Delhi going, you know, to electric cars because electricity is free, right? Yes. Awesome. So then everybody in Delhi should be forced to drive an electric car, and all the pollution will be gone. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. because every family has like three to four cars, which is not no, needed. No, but all those three to four cars should be all electric. Cars. Yes. Yes, and we should set up a thousand uh, charging points for electric cars in Delhi. Problem over. Don't blame Haryana and their farmers for burning their, you know, produce. Yes, I, th- I think yeah. you should. You should give this idea to Gajriwal. <laughs> perhaps you know, lap it up. You should definitely give this idea. I think it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, simple things. I, I'll tell you what. Mm. Uh, you know, when this whole COVID nineteen thing started, mm. I, I was worried even to. you know touch the lift door because they said you know this virus is going to stick on to yeah. lift door handles and all kinds of things so i said yes. now what do i do you know so i'm a right handed guy mm. right mm. so i decided that i'll touch everything with my left hand mm. because as a right handed guy i'm more likely to touch my right hand to my face and do various things with my right hand yes now if i <laughs> if i touch everything with my left hand 
you know, I tend to do less things with my left hand. It's just, you know, being a right hand, I want to do everything with my right. Hmm. So, it's a simple instruction. I have not seen it uh, anywhere, even in the WHO guidelines. But it would make sense for a right-hander to protect his right hand. Yes, you absolutely, know? yeah. Yeah, I have not seen this instruction uh, in any government's booklet. Yeah, but that that's a great tip, you know. People who are listening should definitely, and I'm going to definitely for sure try that, doing that, you know, doing mostly yeah, so, with the left hand. Know, yeah. I mean, so I think that's an example of lateral thinking, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes, innovative, yeah, out of the box yes. and not thinking yes. the usual way. Uh, I give you another story. There hmm. are there are two policemen who you know in the street in London. Uh, they stop at a traffic light. Mm-hmm. Now next to them, they see a swanky new seven series BMW. You know. Yes. And they're admiring this car. And un- the strange thing is that you know this the driver is smoking inside the car, mm-hmm. and he you know he's throwing the ash. On the you know those fancy leather seats, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there are two policemen in this car, and the older policeman says, "What a fool he is!" You know, I mean, that's a it looks like as if it's just been taken out of the showroom, mm-hmm. and he's burning all the leather seats. Now the he, the younger cop, he you know he thinks that there's something very suspicious about this. He says, "You know." It's not his car. That's why he's throwing ash. If it was your, if it was his own car, would he would he have thrown the cigarette ash on the on those fancy leather seats? Mm-hmm. So obviously stolen this car. So he quickly, you know, does some checking on the computer and all that, and then he stops that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes uh, drives ahead of him and he stops him, and then he finds out that he had in fact stolen the car. Because if it, if he was the rightful owner, why would he yes. be throwing ash in his car? Mm-hmm. You know, so. So the old man wasn't thinking that. He said he's just a fool. No, he's not a fool. He's a thief. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, awesome. Yeah, so there are three things, if mm. I may go on. Yes, sir. That I think therefore lead to these insights, which I think then get converted into lateral thinking. Mm-hmm. One is that there's some creative desperation, you know. So I'm desperate. I'm scared of COVID-19 and I'm thinking, okay, I don't have to touch my face. Now, what what should I do? What are all the things I can do? Because, the, you know, normally a human being touches his face 16 times an hour. Now I'm being told not to touch it at all. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. I've got some creative desperation in me. You know, I need to find a solution. Mm. No, good, I'll wash my hands, I'll do all that. But what else can I do, you know? So I have to find some kind of connection between this problem and and the contradictions. You know, there's always a contradiction in the in the BMW case. What is the contradiction? That the owner of the car is throwing his own car. That's a contradiction, right? So mm. the con- <laughs> you know, uh, so you you know, so you, so you must have these three things: creative desperation. You have to be able to find the connections between things or events. And you have to look at the contradictions. The contradictions will lead you to something. Yes, absolutely. So now, mm. at the present times, mm. the COVID times that we're going through, uh, what yes. are the creative yes. problems that you foresee, the challenges that are going to emerge in the new normal? And what do you think is the sure. kind of thinking that would be needed to solve it and how to solve it? 
Yeah, so I think, you know, uh, people generally, the average person thinks, you know, he's read so much about it in the newspapers, he keeps thinking, you know, flattening the curve, flattening the curve. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. so, he doesn't understand. He thinks flattening the curve means, you know, everything is over and I'll be okay. You know, and lockdown will be remote, life will go on as normal. No. Mm-hmm. Flattening the curve means that now your country's healthcare system will be able to manage the guys who are falling sick. That's all. Mm-hmm. The infection will keep going, right? Right. It's not going to... The infection doesn't end. Flattening the curve means the curve doesn't drop. It just flattens. Mm-hmm. And in course of time, it will drop. So, I think what people don't realize at least is that this is not over. We'll still have to wash our hands. We'll still have to do social distancing. And and then we have to see how that affects people. For example, can 100 people who used to be in a particular office, can all 100 of them go to office now? No, because they're sitting two feet away from each other or whatever, or one one foot away from each other. Mm. So you'll have to tell only 25% of the people in your office to come to work so that they can sit six feet Apart, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So, or, uh, I mean, I hope the, <laughs> the airlines are not going to like this, but suppose you have to have social distancing in a plane. It yeah. means that, you know, only one person will sit on one row. I hope yes. they can afford it. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. you know, it means that. It means that I can't go to a McDonald's and get showered around in a queue. So, some people are seeing the future, but many are saying, oh, flattening the curve. When is this lockdown getting over? This is ridiculous. Uh, you know, this is not democratic. Somebody mm. said. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is fastest. How can you tell me you know, not to go out of my house? Yeah, <laughs> in fact, even Things Elon like Musk that. is saying yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> even Elon. Unfortunately, he's my hero. But when I he said know. That, you know, his image came crashing. Yes, now, yes. What is this guy saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, me too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very disappointing. But anyway, but he's still a great guy, and he's making nice Tesla cars. So I'll forgive him. But you know, he just doesn't get it. <laughs> totally. So there are a lot of yeah, a lot of people are not getting it. I hope I don't. I, I hope we do not see all the films that come out from a brand related to coronavirus. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think the key thing is that brands must have a vision of how they want their consumers to see them when all this is over. When imagine that we've gone through some I don't know how many months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we come out of this whole thing. When we come out, mm. how do you want your brand to be seen? Is, I think, the question that most marketers should be asking themselves. Mm. They shouldn't be thinking about the now. They should be thinking about that time. When we, as a race, we emerge out of this problem. What, you know, how, how should your brand be seen at that point of time? Mm, that's lovely. That's a great, yes. that's a great point. Yeah. Alright guys, you can find Prabhakar Sir on LinkedIn and also on his Twitter handle with the same name. Do check out some of the very interesting articles that he has written, which I'm going to add in the description. One being uh, the connection between language and music. And do not forget to listen to his jazz music. I'm going to add a link in the description uh, of his latest album called Lockdown Blues. Uh, It's a jazz album. And if you're a jazz freak and even if you're not a freak, 
get to know jazz uh, it's a great uh, form of music and meanwhile i have been hogging on uh, magritte's paintings uh, for me magritte is a lateral thinker and uh, some of my favorite works of magritte include the lovers the son of the man not to be reproduced his perception and insight is something that can transform the way we look at things creatively so that's it folks so we have been holed up in our houses like everybody else and have been trying to create our work from here so do not forget to connect to us uh, if you have something to add to this conversation you know where to find us uh, you can uh, text us on our whatsapp number and also you can follow us on our twitter handle metaphysical lab till then next week adios and uh, see you guys soon take care and be good to yourself down blues baby lots of way at home got the lot down blues baby lots of way at home Virus in the air Ain't nowhere I can roam You say I'm locked down, baby But I can't block away my fears Yes, I'm locked down, baby But I can't block away my fears This virus has spread all over I brought humanity to tears Friends, this loneliness is
driving me on the telephone. 